clicked into the Get Your Money Right podcast, the podcast where not only do we want you to get your money, we want you to get your money right. Today is episode number 14. We celebrate this Memorial Day weekend talking financial freedom. the good news people welcome to the get your money right podcast the podcast where we talk about money like it's everybody's business because i truly believe we're not good with money because we don't talk about money i'm your host the money misfit jamar dupas and this is episode number 14 where we honor this memorial day inspired by those And in honor of those who have made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom and armed services here in the United States. And in light of that pursuit of freedom that they provide for us, today we're going to talk about the necessary stages of financial freedom. And I think you're going to like it. And if this is your first time listening, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. This show is a little bit different from your typical money show, right? We talk about money from a practical perspective, how it applies to our ambitious lives that's coupled with being young and raising up, you know, amazing families. And we tackle, we tackle topics centered around lifestyle design, marriage, money management, and legacy building. And we do it all by challenging the status quo and and questioning the advice we've gotten from banks and broke people all our lives. Hence the whole money misfit tag. Right. And I truly believe that we can save relationships and the institution of marriage as a whole. If we can just learn to get money out of the way. And that's why I started this show in the first place, uh, because me and my wife, we enjoy an amazing ease and peace around money. And we've always wanted other people to have the same thing. So if this sounds like something you can relate to, please consider subscribing to the show on iTunes, leaving us a rating and review. And it doesn't have to be iTunes. Any podcast player that you listen to, we're on Stitcher, we're on Google Play Music, we're all over the place. So whatever you listen to, just consider leaving us a rating and review. Giving us that feedback helps us know what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong and what we can do uh, differently. And then what you can also do is head over to yourmoneyright.com. That's yourmoneyright.com and check out the show notes. You can catch all the past episodes and even sign up for our newly created uh, Misfits Only area, which currently includes a a mini course entitled The Money Right Roadmap, which includes two of our most popular past episodes that lays out a clear bird's eye picture, bird's eye view of what to do with your money. Um, It's the stuff that financial advisors will charge you for, uh, but you can get that at absolutely no charge over at yourmoneyright.com. And I should probably say that I am not a financial advisor. I don't work for a financial services firm. I don't sell any insurances or anything like that. I'm just a regular cat that lives a irregular lifestyle, I'd imagine, and got tired and frustrated around money and decided to put this thing together. So with that being said, go ahead over and get that. And as I mentioned before, this show is dedicated to all the soldiers out there. Uh, that have had the courage to serve in a capacity that, you know, quite frankly, just could cost you your life. So I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for allowing us to live the lives that we live here as it stands in the United States with that ability to be free and pursue our happiness and all that good stuff. And aside from my own personal, you know, political beliefs and skepticism <laughs> towards the reasons why we go to war and all that, I just, I just want to take the time out and honor you for that, honor the men and the women in our military, uh, because the good book tells us, right, that there is no greater love than that of a man that will lay down his own life for his friends. And, and I do, I appreciate that love. So thank you. Thank your family uh, as well, because I know they put up with the sacrifice and they're servicing in their own way. Uh, but nobody knows unless they know uh, what it takes to do what you do and that you what you have done. And I respect that wholeheartedly. So uh, because of these sacrifices in the name of freedom and of course, this show is about money. 
Let's talk about the stages of financial freedom or the stages, the steps, the levels that it takes to get to financial freedom. So if you're ready, say listos. That means ready in Espanol, by the way, for all you uncultured people out there, little little Spanish list. He didn't know he's going to learn some Spanish on the show. We're going to talk money in Espanol. So anyway, I know it's Memorial Day, so let's get through it, right? So let's talk about what we're going to talk about. First, we're going to go through and talk about you know wealth and define what financial freedom is, and, and financial freedom in a useful way, not this pie-in-the-sky type deal, but something that you can actually take away, something that you can use. Uh, we're going to talk about why most people never reach this level of financial freedom and also talk about the stages, excuse me, the stages that lead up to financial freedom and how to use them to gain that 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 progression and the momentum that you need to keep going and even get to the place. So, 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 so what is financial freedom? Uh, and to be honest with you, for everybody, financial, this, this is different, right? Um at least it has different meanings. Uh, it could mean, you know, living lavishly or it just could just mean just having the options to live lavishly. If you want to do that, it could mean, you know, you want to raise a huge family. Maybe you want to have 16 kids and, you know, working for somebody else ain't going to get it done or whatnot. Uh, maybe you want to start a bank. Maybe you want to start a family bank. Maybe you want to just get private jets or whatever it is. Um, it, it means different things to different people. The, the problems, of getting there though is usually derived from the fact that most people's definition of financial freedoms or financial freedom, their definition is, is usually vague, right? Which is funny because vagueness is like the opposite of definition, right? But anyway, uh, <laughs> and I'm pretty well convinced that most things in life that we truly want, that the most important things that we really, really want to accomplish, they usually get run over by the lack of clarity, Right. Hence the whole cash and clarity theme that you hear uh, in, in the beginning of the of the the intro music. But I really believe we get our dreams and our goals derailed just because we don't have a lack of clarity. And the other part about it is that we, we're so distracted and we're distracted because our tracks aren't tight. We don't keep things in order. And uh, and that's because our behavior. But. Uh, we're going to talk about that and we'll talk about that. And we've even tackled some of that before in previous episodes. But how how do I how do I define financial freedom? And for me, it's basically, uh, you know, financial freedom is the ability to have, you know, all aspects of your lifestyle, plus pretty much anything else that you can think of covered financially, right? And this is done without you having to work for the income, without you having to work for the money, uh, without you having to work for the means to get that. Now, if you look around at some of the richest people in the world, that have already reached that financial freedom level, you'll notice, at least the ones that are relevant anyway, um, <laughs> you notice that they still work. So this is not about not working, right? It's about the options. It's about you stop trading your time for dollars out of necessity and doing it because you want to do it because it's a greater cause. So again, it's, it's just really about that those options. So Hopefully that clears things up as far as what financial freedom is, as far as I define it. Basically, it's having the ability to have all aspects of your lifestyle plus anything you can imagine covered financially. All right. Sounds good. OK. So why don't people get there? Um, what One I've already mentioned already is, is most people don't define this stage in life with with any type of real clarity. And even if they do, they don't define it in a winnable way. Right. They usually define it in some pie in the sky, far out way. Um, so you can say to yourself, you know, look, I'm going to reach financial freedom and this is what it means to me. But, you know, if you know dang on well, you don't believe you can get there. You're not going to go for it. Right. That's just the truth about life. You might tell people you're going for it. You might come up with amazing business ideas. You might even get fired up with emotion and start doing the work, right? Start doing the work to getting there and getting after it. But how long will that emotion sustain you to keep going, right? And I've seen this a lot. I've seen it with myself. I've seen it with my friends in the past as we've 
attempted to go after getting rich and creating wealth and all this other stuff. Uh, I was in the, uh, especially in the network marketing industry. I was in the network marketing industry for a long time, as many of you already know. Uh, it's an it's industry that I believe in. It's an industry that helped me get through college and, and start the road that I'm on today. Um, but I've seen that a lot in that industry. And I know you've seen it too. Either you or someone you know starts a quote unquote new business or I got a, this new thing or I'm going to have a meeting at my house and I got some people coming in. Uh, but you know how it is. You go to this meeting or the special event, you know, you get fired up about your, your, your quote unquote, your why and getting to the next level, you know, that, that international super galactic diamond commission executive level that comes with the, with the private jets and the trips to outer space and all that good stuff. And, and, and they fire you up at these events and they tell you all you need to do is to recruit 50 more people and produce 50 times the numbers, uh, in the next month that it took you, that you ain't done in the last 12 months. Right. But you come away from that event and you're truly excited and, 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 you get excited, but once you get back down off your high, you start to notice that you really don't believe you can make it. You really don't believe you can get there. It's too much. It's too far away. At least that's what your brain tells you. But why, right? If you ever heard that um, that saying that how do you eat the elephant, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. But the problem is if you look at the entire elephant, it can be intimidating, Right? Uh, and that's the deal with like financial freedom because or getting to intergalactic diamond level in your your business. Right. Because it hasn't been defined in an achievable and winnable way that makes sense, you know, that gives you stages and, and small wins to keep the momentum going. You won't get there. And these companies know that. Right. That's why they keep having uh, Super Saturdays and, and weekly events and these regional events to keep you going and keep you pumped up uh, because you need it. You need that motivation. You need that to keep going, especially if you're not getting those small wins, if you're not making any money, if you're not seeing any progress. They know they got to keep doing that in order to keep you in the game. And uh, and. And this is in every aspect of life, right? Not just network marketing. I can use myself as another example. Uh, when I first went into the fire academy, um, they had to be very careful with us, right? Uh, because many of us has never have never been in a fire before or even put on all that gear that we put on. Um, and so they had to take us through, you know, various stages to become a full-fledged firefighter, right? And in reality, if they would have tried to get me to eat the whole elephant, right, in other words, they would have tried to tell me everything that this job entails, I probably wouldn't be doing it today. Uh, I know this sounds crazy, but I never really thought, right, that I'd actually be running into a burning building <laughs> where you have zero visibility, where you can't even see your hand in front of your face, where it's hot. Uh, you know, I, I thought, you know, like in the movies, you, you at least allow, you can see, you can see where you're going and stuff like that. I thought that's how it was. Uh, that's not how it is at all. Uh, you know, I, I'd never, I'm doing things to date. I never thought I'd be doing, I never thought I'd be belling out of second story windows head first with all this gear on or, or repelling down the side of a building or, or pushing drugs or, or, or doing CPR, seeing children abused, uh, responding to scenes to shootings, being shot at, never thought I'd be shot at at work, uh, rushing people to the hospital, elevator rescues, you know, all that crazy stuff y'all see on Chicago fire and all that good stuff. Right. Uh, imagine for a moment, and I, I imagine now as I'm talking about it, if they would have tried to get me to realize all this on day one, <laughs> right? I'd probably be like, nah, I'm cool, <laughs> right? Um, I just really thought I was going to play hero from time to time, right? I didn't know that there was, you know, actual danger and, and thinking and, and critical skills and 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 real skills and, and to this job. I never really fathomed what it all entailed. And that's usually how it is with anything, right? When you're first starting out, uh, you don't realize exactly what it entails. You just get a kind of a, a vague deal, but then there's somebody there that can help you get to that level. The problem with financial freedom, there's usually not anybody there that can help us get there. So we're kind of, we're going around trying to figure this thing, this thing out. But just like in the fire Academy, you know, they had to start slow, right? They couldn't have to try to dump everything on us on day one or even month one, right? We, we got there and the first thing we had to learn to do is put on the mask, right? 
Uh, and then they would take the mask and they would black you out so you can't see. You didn't have anything else, no air pack or anything. You just put the mask on and they would black you out. And then a lot of people realize for the first time in their lives that they're claustrophobic. I, we lost quite a few people. They're like, man, I can't, I'm not putting this on my face. I can't do this, right? You learn a whole lot about yourself by going through these things. But they had to do this one piece of equipment at a time, one skill after another, slowly building our confidence, telling us, you know, what, what we're going to do next, what we're going to encounter, letting us know the speed bumps that we're going to hit and all that stuff. They were able to guide us. Now, even with that guidance, like I said, some people still bowed out and they quit uh, through these various stages. And, and that's fine. Right. And it's just like the financial journey. Uh, many people are going to buy out, bow out. Right. And they're just they're just going to go back to life as usual. They're going to start down this road. Maybe they'll start trying to to budget. And, and usually what happens is people start budgeting and they do it wrong. So then they quit because they were like, this budget don't work. Well, I'm going to reveal to you guys later why budgets don't work. But that's not what this show is about. But uh, people will bow out for whatever reason. And if it's OK with them, it's OK. I'm OK with it. Right. Um, but it's always uncomfortable when you're doing new things, when you're doing things differently. It's uncomfortable to change your mind because your mind itself doesn't want to be changed, right? It feels like that it's gotten you, it's kept you alive this long. Why change anything? Because I may not be able to keep you alive any longer. And that's why it's hard for you to break old habits, right? Because your brain says, look, we're alive, we're well, we're kicking. Let's not change anything. So it resists change. Right now, that's a little bonus. I wouldn't even plan on saying that, but that's a little bonus. Just let that marinate for a second. Um, and but that's why things are uncomfortable when you when you when you plan to go to new heights, right? And, and my goal is to be able to roll with you through these steps and through these stages of financial freedom, and you know, start with the small wins and the skills and the knowledge, and these things will compound on itself, and and I hope to create a, an environment and an atmosphere to where Financial freedom isn't some pie in the sky thing, but it's inevitable. It's the new zero. It's the new base. It's the new it's the new degree. Right. You know, how like when we were in school and everybody got to the point, we realized that, look, going to college was a thing we're going to do. Right. There was no question about it. We already knew we was going to graduate high school. Right. We determined we was going to graduate high school in like elementary. But then college was the next deal. So what I want. Just like we were made college automatic, I want to make financial freedom the automatic thing for our generation. But the problem with that, as as it stands today, when it seems so far away, so unattainable, what we do is we squander and we don't use the very talents and resources that we already have uh, that we need to deploy to get there. You know, uh, for example, if you know, if any person who's ever been an athlete, right, and you're not in the major leagues today. You're not getting paid a bazillion dollars to do to do what you do or to be an athlete. Uh, at some point, you came to the realization or you stopped believing that you're going to go to the big leagues. Uh, so you decide to hang up your cleats, right? I, I did the same thing. I'm speaking from experience. And you hung up your cleats in exchange for a different route that you believed that was achievable to to go into your adulthood um, you know, people apply to colleges that they think they're going to get into, right? Uh, people go after jobs they believe they can qualify for. People ask, uh, men ask for that proposal. They ask for that hand in marriage for women who they think is going to say yes to, right? You don't just throw it out there. Well, some crazies do, but that's, that's for a whole nother deal. Uh, but it's funny how this is a parallel with money, right? It's the same thing with money. If you've ever, uh, scratched your head, as to why somebody would have an 80-inch TV, HD, high-definition, 3D, and all that, sitting on the floor of their 400-square-foot apartment, have all the cable channels, but not a lick of furniture in the house, right? How how somebody would get to that point, right? Like, how did you get to the point where you felt the 80-inch TV and all the cable channels was more important than having a bed, right? You cool with just this blanket on the floor? And, 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 Real reason is is because they don't have much or they don't believe they have much. So they give up on trying to save. They give up on trying to manage money or maybe they don't even think about it because it's all about survival. And when they don't believe they have enough to manage, 
they don't even bother with it, right? They don't even don't even worry about it. So when they get a little bit of get a little bit of change in their hand, they go out and they buy these luxury things. They go buy these things that they don't they don't think they'll be able to get at a later date. So let me take opportunity let me take the opportunity now to jump on top of that. And that gets a lot of us in trouble because uh, we back, bypass the things that are truly important to us, or the things that are probably necessities to get those luxuries that we're not quite ready to to handle yet. And and of course, obviously, I'm learning, right? I'm learning along the way with you. Uh, I don't have financial freedom uh, by my own definition. So, uh, but we're on the way, right? And ultimately, that alone is the definition of success, at least in my book, based on the definitions of success that I've heard. So, what's what's the first stage that most people go through on this, you know, financial journey, right? Uh, the first stage is the financial scarcity. And this is where we all start, right? The place of not having enough, uh, not being in control of what we bring in or, or not being able to cover things like housing, food, transportation, and entertainment for yourself. Now, largely, like most things, financial scarcity is a mindset, but practically and mechanically, it's where we all start. As early as being in your parents' house, right? Being financially dependent on them to cover your basics, um, you start earning your own money, but it it's a rude awakening when you realize that the actual cost of things and, uh, it, and that what you feel like you're making don't cut it, right? And you get in this mindset where you feel like you probably can't even find a job that'll pay more than what you're earning now. Uh, maybe because you don't think you have marketable skills or you lack knowledge or plan or connections or what whatever. But unfortunately, a lot of people get stuck here. They get low-skilled jobs and they never progress, right? One, this is for various reasons, but uh, eventually what they end up doing is they hope and they beg for raisins, raises, raisins, <laughs> raises uh, 15 to 50 cents at a time. And and that's a, that's a long road and they get stuck. Uh, and this is a real expensive way to live uh, because the cost of things don't get cheaper and you can't keep up with the cost of living at 15 and 50 cents at a time. Um, and what happens is there's a lack of abundance and it's usually in many communities, a lack of good examples, right? There's a, there's a lack of good examples to follow. So scarcity is perpetuated, right? It just keeps going and going from generation to generation. And I talked about this in episode three, how it's it's expensive being broke. So go back and check that out. But it's it's a bad place to be. And typically uh, through natural progression or just playing out necessity uh, because your folks kick you out, uh, you know, the next stage you end up getting to uh, is financial survival. And this is typically when someone has gained a, a skill or enough information to earn enough uh, to be able to care for their own basic basic life's needs, right? Like money is typically still made uh, earned on an hourly basis, right? It could still be minimum wage job, but maybe they found a way to uh, go without certain luxuries or found creative ways to manage their money or found uh, government programs or, or discount programs that can help them bring in other, other, uh, you know, other things like food and housing and stuff like that. Um, still there, there's very little money or no money left at the end of the month. Uh, and they're barely getting by, but you're not destitute, right? You're not poor. Right. And however, Though you've moved from this whole scarcity position to survival, that scarcity mindset could still be there, right? Because they have nothing left over at the end of the month. And anytime they get a little extra money, like I was talking earlier, they spend it to make themselves feel better, right? I know that at least that's what I did. Um, I can't speak for everybody. But the people that I do talk to about money and have talked to about money, this is what I found, right? This is what I found uh, that people do. and we find ourselves doing it or at least fighting the urge to do it quite often um, because we feel like, Oh, we haven't bought anything for a while. Uh, we've been working hard. We deserve this. So let's go out and buy this thing. Especially uh, we resist it uh, because um, one, we got other plans for our money and bigger plans for our money. And two, we have plans for our money to go buy those cool things that we want to do. Um, but in generally when we're in this stage of like survival, uh, to make ourselves feel significant or important or loved or just reward ourselves, 
so we don't feel like we're working for nothing, we go and do that. And unfortunately, it's those pursuits that keep us in these lower stages. Um, one of my favorite quotes is the, the chief cause of failure is giving up what you want most for what you want now. And a lot of people struggle from that. And it's, and it's really hard to, to get past that if you've not seen any other way. Uh, and that's another reason why I started this podcast so we can talk about these things. But uh, like I said, unfortunately, these these pursuits are a lot of times will keep people in these lower stages. Um, but the struggle a lot of times is also the motivation uh, for most of us to get out of this stage and what and get to the next level of what, what I call financial stability. And this is usually where we've attained uh, enough skill or maybe we've gone to school and gotten specialized skills or a set of skills that provide us the income where we can buy the basics and smaller luxuries, you know, that we've always wanted. Now you won't be getting your Bugatti and your Ferrari in this financial stable uh, stage, but you can get your nice, you can get your nice car, you get a car note. This is usually the stage where people buy houses and they go into debt for stuff like furniture and TVs, things like that. This is where generally what we call, uh, this is where most of the middle class quote unquote middle class is staged, right? Uh, you got enough to purchase a home, a nice car every few years, uh, again, but you're usually doing it with debt. Uh, this is a stage that many of us wanted to get to all our lives, right? Uh, especially black folk, right? Uh, I used to believe that, you know, just being able to buy a house puts you at like the pinnacle of society. I, I used to believe that if I could own a house, that it would just be the ultimate thing. So it was one of my big goals coming up in life. Uh, to this day, you know, my my folks still don't own a house. My mom still don't own a house. Um, so it was a big deal. We grew up in apartments, moving from apartment to apartment, renting houses and stuff like that. But so buying houses was a big deal, it was a big goal. Uh, of course, unless you 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 know you were a rapper or you a drug dealer or you know an athlete or stuff like that, and you can buy as many houses as you want to. But uh, being able to get up, go to school and get that good, quote unquote, job so you can buy that house and get a nice car. That was the pinnacle of financial success coming up. Right. That's what I believed. Um, But though it sounds good, this is that financial stability stage. It's also a a dangerous stage. Right. Um, This stage for a lot of people is their comfort zone. Um, This is the stage where overconfidence can come and bite you in the butt later on, right? Uh, Because we've gained particular skills and we start living a particular lifestyle and and we fought through the first few stages and we went to school, got the good job, nice place, car, and all that, a lot of times we get that life is not always so abundant. We forget about the seasons, right? We forget that even though it is springtime and things are lush and abundant, and 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 full of of life winter always comes back around right and because we're young and sometimes we feel like we're invincible and nothing's gonna go wrong because things are always going things usually go right go the right way in streaks we forget that like i said winter comes back around but since you know nobody's ever talked to us or or sat down and and spoke with us about money in any real meaningful way. Uh, We don't prepare or even know how to, we just wing it, right? Cause winging it has gotten us this far, right? We haven't died, right? We, we keep doing our thing. We, we haven't gone bankrupt or anything like that. So winging it has got us this far. So if something comes up, we just deal with it or we put it on a credit card and deal with it later or not, right? We, sometimes we don't do it with it. We just let it ride and uh, go to con- collections or whatever, and they take that hit on that credit report or whatnot. But this is the stage where we end up really paying and feeling the brunt of our old mistakes, our old own choices, our own lack of preparation. And it's dangerous because those very things can get us stuck in this financial stage for a long time, i.e. student loans, credit cards, houses, especially if we bought a house that was way more uh, house than we needed uh, and the payments came out to a lot more than we expected and stuff like that. Uh, we mess around and, and be busy paying this stuff until death, right? Until death do us part, marrying ourselves to our debt. So this stage can also be considered 
uh, what I like to call like the financial delusional stage, uh, because most people make a bunch of money and when they make a bunch of money, they have no idea where it all goes. And and that's as good as not having any at all. So if you've ever like, if you feel like you're in a stage, but you ever said to yourself, you don't know where your money is going, you're more in that financially delusional area, right? And you got to get out of that, okay? You got to get out of that uh, because you're not going to be able to get to the next stage. And the next stage is what I call uh, financial ease. And this is if... You have the stability of the marketable skills. You know how to earn income. If you lost your job, maybe you know how to get in and get another job. Maybe you know how to network and and, and get get to all that. Uh, But even better than that, your money is tamed, right? The money you do bring in, it's accounted for. You know where it's going. Um, You know what's coming in. You know what's going out. And money is serving you in all the ways necessary for you to progress, to keep going. It's allowing you to give and to contribute to the things that matter to you. It's being used uh, to better yourself, your knowledge. It's used to help you leverage your skills. It's allowing you to prepare for the seasons, the the springs, the summer, the falls, the winters. Um, You have a plan in place for, you know, for steady growth. Uh, While still at the same time allowing you to kind of bask in your wins, but also protect you from the catastrophic situations uh, that life will, will inevitably bring, right? I've, I said this before that, you know, emergencies are coming, right? So let's get, let's get ready for them, right? Um, but you also got to be careful because um, the financial delusional stage can be masked <laughs> and to look like the financial ease stage, right? And this happens when a lot of people make a lot of money. Um, you know, I had a, a couple reach out to me. Uh, and they earn a substantial income, uh, well over $300,000. And they, for the most part, is pretty comfortable, right? They're, but they're in that financially delusional stage that they, they make so much money, uh, but they don't know where it's going, right? Uh, they really, really don't know exactly how much they make, right? And then uh, when things uh, come up, they just kind of handle it. But they've been doing this for so long, they have nothing to show for it. And that's one of the worst feelings you can have is when you've had so much money roll through your fingers and you feel like you don't have anything to show for it. So we don't want to go there. We want to we want to do the right thing and and get to that point of financial ease where we we know where things are going and we're not delusional about it. And I think this is the zone where me and my wife are in Uh, the clarity and growth uh, has done wonders for us, for our marriage. Um, you know, for our faith and and for our family, we no longer worry about money. Uh, There's no major or or, or we don't really worry about the major like what ifs, you know, Um, and you never realize just how bad paycheck to paycheck living stresses you out until after you stop living it. Right. Uh, It's it's nice when the bills are paid automatically. You don't even think about them, uh, but maybe one day out of the month. And paydays roll by, and you don't even realize it. You just you don't even notice it. You know that uh, to me is financial ease, right? And 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 while it may, let me say this: it may sound like the pinnacle. It may sound like the place to be. It's still a dangerous place to be. And here's why: because financial ease, like all the other previous stages that I just mentioned is dependent, for the most part, on us trading our time for dollars, for us working for the money. If we stop working, the money stops coming in. And while it's necessary for most of us to start our journey that way, trading time for dollars is one of the worst financial trades that you can make. One, because... You, you trade something as so easily created and easily handled like money for something that's so precious. It's the most precious of all wealths that you have. Of all the wealth that you have, time is probably one of your most precious, precious items, right? Because once it's spent, you can't get it back. There is no going back to the good old days. There is no 
going back to when your children smelled like new baby and they had no neck. They just had this fat and you could stick your nose in there and you can just smell on them and, and inhale them and, and hug on them. There's no going back to when they would just lay there on your chest and chill with you. Once they get off and they start going on their own, them days are gone and you can't get that back. Right. Though that was time and time has passed. So, there's three more stages, the final three stages. And I'm going to roll through them quick. But the thing that differentiates the final three stages are just that. The final three stages are the stages that breaks the habit of trading time for dollars. Right? And it turns into trading dollars for dollars for, for creating money machines. Right? It's for creating that money tree. You know, a lot of people says money don't grow on trees. Well, if you plant the right seed, that sucker will grow. <laughs> right. And the first of these stages, after we've got to financial ease, the next stage we want to shoot for is the stage of financial security. Now in the past, I used to believe that financial security was based off, you know, having a secure high paying job, right? Or maybe an NBA contract or something. Uh, but then I was awakened to the fact that there is no such thing as a secure job, right? It's, it's a sense of security, but there is no such thing as a secure job. Uh, you're always at the whims of someone else's decision, someone else's bad judgment call, someone else's mistake, as long as you work for someone else. And for me, that equated to that whether or not my children eat or my wife eats or have a roof over their head is out of my hands. Some other, some other person is in truly, is in truly control of that. So, uh, you know, ultimately, you know, you, you don't have control, but, um, with that being said, there are many out there, uh, that make better judgment calls than I do. Right. Than we do when it comes to business. So I'm not throwing any shade, at anybody that has business that, that uh, hire employees or anybody who is an employee. Like I said, I'm an employee myself, but I say that just to be aware of the risk, right? There is no financial security in trading your time for dollars, working for somebody else because they can change your mind at any given time. So what is financial security? Financial security is when your investments or your assets, your money, whatever is producing enough income to where your basic necessities are being met without you having to work, right? That's the key. And, and security is really like the basics. That's food, housing, you know, transportation, you know, basic entertainment. This is not the extra lavish stuff. This is not the, you know, the private jets or anything like that. This is just your basic things to get you. And when you think about it, for the, for most people, this is not a very large number. If you think about what you can really live off of on a monthly basis. Or if you think about all the expenses that are related to you having to go to work, a lot of people don't realize that, but there are expenses that you need to get to work and that are involved with you going to work, you know, an extra car, if you have a family, uh, cause you probably don't need more than one car, but you need more than one car. If you both are going to work and you're going to different places, you don't carpool or ride the bus and things like that, especially if you live in Houston. But that's a whole nother conversation. But with the extra car, there comes uh, extra gas. There's extra insurance, extra wear and tear, extra maintenance. There's extra travel. You got to have, uh, you know, your professional wardrobe. Uh, and then there's the care and maintenance of that. Um, if you have young children, there's daycare. Um, if you have children that are in school, but they get out before you get off of work, you have to pay somebody to, to go pick them up. Or, you know, have to get them to an after-school program. Um, there's that whole eating out more because you're not at home enough to be able to cook a meal. Um, there's also the healthcare cost because, you know, quite frankly, people who work a lot are, are less healthy, right? They have let, they, they take on more stress uh, just in general, especially if they're at a job that they don't like. And most Americans are at jobs that they don't like, unfortunately. So I'm just speaking off of st- statistics, right? Um, but when you're doing all that, uh, you gotta 
take vacations and usually even your vacations are more expensive because you have to go at peak times. You got to get it in with only in a few days. You got to find a spot where maybe the, the kids are out of school or maybe you got a three day or four day weekend or there's a lot of things that you have to kind of coincide with. So you go to these resorts and these in these vacations during peak times where things cost more money. Uh, for example, uh, you will find that it's actually cheaper to rent a villa on a beach for a whole month than it would be to rent it just for the weekend. Why? Because they know you got to get your vacation in and get your and get out. Especially if you got to go to a hotel, you know you may be get, get a villa for four or five six hundred dollars for a month. A hotel, a nice one, to cost you a hundred to three hundred dollars a night, right? Just that picture alone can see why can paint hopefully paints a picture to why even having to work can cost you, can be expensive. Very similar to like I talked about it being expensive, being broke. There's a part of having to work that adds extra expense to your life. So that's just something to think about. Um, I had a friend of mine who who moved to Costa Rica a few years back. Um, back then he had learned how to make, I think it was like $1,500 or $2,000 a month uh, just online, selling stuff online, you know. But what he would do is he would, make this fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a month in US dollars and now he would trade the US dollars for, you know, a tropical beach in Costa Rica that only cost him he'd have a house. He had a house on the beach, coconuts and the tree and everything, monkeys in the jungle behind him, and he was only paying seven hundred dollars a month to live in Costa Rica right there on the beach. Right. Now, he didn't have to have a job to go to. He could do everything online. He didn't need five thousand dollars a month. He didn't need ten thousand dollars a month. He didn't need twenty thousand dollars a month. Right. He can go and travel and do his thing with only two thousand dollars a month. Right. And that's a different mindset. That's a dis- different shift, at least for me. Uh, nobody ever explained that to me. So you may be hip to this, but it it is not something that I was hip to back then. So uh, hopefully that that lights a bulb onto somebody. But the point is that this number in financial security is probably not as big as you think. It's probably not the gazillion dollars that you thought you need to have to be able to be financially secure, right? You just got to have some knowledge. You got to have some insight. Um, but we're going to get there. That's the whole point of the show, right? So uh, the next level after financial security is financial independence, and this is just just steps it up to where all your expenses are covered plus a little bit more, right? It's a little bit more to do some nicer things to take care of things. Uh, and this, again, is done without you having to work, right? And that's the differentiation. Um, and again, this number is different for everybody, just like financial security is different for everybody. Financial independence is different for everybody, but the framework is still the same. Being able to cover your expenses, maybe even live the lifestyle that you're living today, plus a little bit more maybe, without you having to work. Sweet, isn't it? And of course, the last stage we've already talked about uh, is the financial freedom stage. And of course, that's just stepping up to stepping it up to where, you know, Everything you can imagine, everything you can think of that you want to purchase, you want to do and have and be is taken care of financially. Right. So you think about it in this context of breaking away from that trading time for dollars. You can see how somebody can get them, how you can get yourself to just that financial secure place, how it can accelerate now to financial freedom because you have the time. Uh, you have the money, you have the space, you have the the thought to to grow, to to accelerate your growth and, and make things happen. Uh, imagine the fulfillment of not having to go to work uh, and finding work that you truly love. And the funny thing is you may end up working harder than ever before, uh, but it'll likely be for a greater cause or something that uh, you really find passion in, passion in. And it probably won't even feel like work. And and these levels are attainable, right? But you got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. If you're in financial scarcity uh, right now, get out, right? Get to get you some more skills. Make yourself more marketable. 
find a way to produce, gather better philosophies by reading books, you know, listening to these types of podcasts, surrounding yourself around people who will force you to grow. You know, if you want to be a millionaire, hanging around with hundred heirs ain't going to get you there. You know, it's just, just common sense. It seems obvious now, but you know, when I was coming up, I didn't really think much of it. Right. And I didn't really know any millionaires anyway. So, <laughs> but, uh, if you're in, in survival, same thing, uh, just keep going, but you need to save, you need to protect yourself from life's haymakers. This is that, that stage, that survival stage is, is real fragile because a blown out tire can just send you, uh, out of whack, right? Um, a surgery uh, could send you just could just make it real hard for you to to come back right and so get a plan uh to do more uh get a plan for maybe a stronger career something that's going to going to pay you uh get a chance to where you need to you know find a better job or business uh, to begin so you can fund your road to financial stability and and if and once you get the financial stability and, or if you're in st- financial stability or delusion right now and you're wondering where all your money is going, uh, look, it's time to get a grasp on it. Right. Look, if you don't get your money, somebody else will get your money. I've said that before. And and, and understand when you're in that financial stability, you're the world's biggest sucker. I, I mean, uh, target. <laughs> right. Uh, everybody's after your money. Everybody's after your disposable income and they're getting it. Right. The, the numbers show it. The tax man is getting you before you even get to see your money. The ad agencies are geniuses at making you feel inadequate, making you feel like you don't have enough. Maybe you need to buy more stuff. Right. The entertainment industry uh, fuels your addiction to drama and your need to escape reality. These people know more about us than we know about ourselves. Right. But we got to wake up. We got to we got to take control of our money and take our purchasing power and use it to what we really want to use it for. Spend it where we would really want to spend it and put it towards causes that really matter to us. Keep it in our own communities. Right. Uh, but you got to get a place, you got to get a plan in place, right? Uh, a plan in place to protect yourself from yourself too, not just, uh, from other people, but get a plan in place that protects you from yourself for when you're in these vulnerable moments. Right. We're going to talk about that uh, next ep- next episode, actually, uh, we're going to talk about what to do when you don't trust yourself with money. So stay tuned because that's going to be a good one. There's some good stuff out there. But uh, you want to get, your, get yourself in a position where you're protecting yourself from yourself in these vulnerable moments. Uh, talk with a trusted advisor, somebody who knows what they're talking about, right? Somebody who's walking the walk. Uh, don't just talk to not all financial advisors are created equal. If the first thing they want to do is try to sell you a product, an insurance policy or a mutual fund and stuff like that, run away from them. Just run away. They're not the person that you, that you need to talk about. Now I'm not saying you don't need insurance. I'm not saying you don't need a mutual fund, but if that's the first thing they're trying to get you to do, they're not really a financial advisor. They're just a salesperson for the mutual fund company or the insurance company that they work for. Okay. So just a heads up on that, but find you somebody you can trust, save, invest, get yourself out of debt, debt, never stop learning, right? Continuously learn, 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 continuously invest in yourself, uh, work harder on yourself than you do at your job and make time for things that matter most. Remember you don't get time back, right? Get, get, Get yourself clear. Make time for things that matter most. A lot of times in this stage, it's hard for us because we got so much on our plate. We're trying to do so much. Uh, we're trying to work. We're trying to volunteer. We don't We don't say no to people. We got our kids in 12 different extracurricular activities at one time. You got to learn to say no and discover what's what matters most to you, okay? Uh, so, uh, and we'll d- dig deeper into these topics and, and get into some of the how-tos and stuff as we go. But until then, um, figure out where you are in, in these stages. Figure out where you, maybe you're already in financial security. Man, that's outstanding. If you're in financial security, give me a call. I want to have you on the show. We want to talk about how you got there. We want to share that because we're going to start doing interviews and stuff after I get done with this test. And we've got all types of things planned so we can not just listen to my voice, but learn from other people that are doing things the way that they want to do things, which is the right way for them, right? And maybe from that, you'll glean some great ideas from that. But figure out where you're at in these stages. 
Uh, make a plan to graduate, right? You got to get to the next one. Don't sit at any one stage for too long. Make progress and make sure you give yourself reasonable paces, right? Uh, I remember Jim Rome said this, you know, how long will you give your baby to learn to walk, right? How long? How long will you tell your baby, okay, that's enough. You've tried long enough. You can stop trying to walk. That's nonsense, right? <laughs> we don't. We 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 go until they learn to walk, right? However long it takes. Because some things are just that important. And money is one of those things that I feel is just that important. It's a major subject. And if you're not convinced on that, keep listening. I'm going to convince you one way or the other. But on the other hand, how many years will you give your child to finish the fourth grade? Right? There's a reason why they made them chairs so little. Because <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> Right. You can't stay in the fourth grade forever. Likewise, let's move through these stages, you know, little by little, bit by bit, step by step. We got to keep moving. Don't stay there. Don't get comfortable there. There's no reason why we should be at the stability stage for 40 years. Right. There's no point. And we shouldn't be there. Let's let's get to that financial security. Let's get to financial independence. Let's get to financial freedom. Right. I talked about it on that retirement episode. Retirement is a, is a worst case scenario. It's like it's like insurance. We should save for it. We should prepare for it. But we should be shooting for financial security and financial independence and financial freedom. If we don't hit there, then retirement will be there for us. All right. Hopefully that makes sense. Hopefully I get some clicks. I got got some hate mail on that. Like, hey, you telling people that you shouldn't have retirement. I'm not telling you not to have retirement. Right. I'm just saying, don't make your minimums, your maximums. That's all I'm saying. Right. So. If you do these things bit by bit, step by step, little by little, before you know it, you know, we've changed our family tree. So so let's get it. Let's 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 keep going. Right. Let's keep making these moves. Let's keep getting getting to the next step. So uh, speaking of steps, time for me to step up off this mic. <laughs> I've been talking long enough. Uh, so if you haven't done so. Head over to yourmoneyright.com, register for the road, uh, the, the roadmap mini course, right? And also the access to the Misfit, Misfits Only members area. Uh, and don't forget the show notes. I'm going to have these steps listed out in the show notes so you can see that. So it'll be there for you to get there. Um, and let's see if we can get a, a conversation started in the comment section over there. And then lastly, uh, if you can think of just one person, think about that one person that you think could benefit from this episode. Share that with them, right? Don't hold this information back. Share that with them. If you can think of one person, let them know about it. Let's get our circle of friends talking about money like it's everybody's business, right? Because I truly believe now that we're getting good with money, right? We're getting good with money because we're now talking about money. And that excites me. And that's all I got for today. Thank you so much for listening. Again, salute to all my veterans, all my soldiers out there. I love you. God bless.